We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Take Home Plate. Man, I've been enjoying doing this. This is only the second episode of Take Home Plate because this is an opportunity for us to dive deeper into God's Word. God's Word is so packed full of so much information, so much content. Literally, if I was to preach a message on everything that was in one text, we would be there all day. So like every good cookout, everybody wants to take a take-home plate. You know the one where you throw a little foil on top of it, you throw a couple plates together, you got to double it up because there may be some good greens and maybe some good yams or some barbecue sauce might be falling off a little bit. Uh, This is what the take-home plate is all about. So today I just want to dive into a section of the scripture that we were in this past weekend that really just stood out to me. We were in Colossians chapter 1 verses 18. And this is what the text says, talking about Jesus. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. He is the beginning. Jesus is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, in that everything he might be preeminent. And that statement, in that everything he might be preeminent, just kind of blew my mind. Jesus Christ is the inaugurator of beginning. He is the consummator of end. Jesus Christ is the creator and he is the resurrector. At the end of the day, Jesus Christ is the beginning of beginning and the beginning and end of end if end had an end because Jesus is alpha. Jesus is numero uno. Jesus is number one in that everything he might be preeminent. And as I was diving into this, I was just like, man, how preeminent, how, uh, how much do we think about Jesus's preeminence in our lives, in our world, in everything around us? Because number one, Jesus does not share status with anything. And when I look at our faith as believers, or if you're new to faith and you're excited, I remember being a new Christian and wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. And I was on fire because it was all about Jesus. But something happens when you've been a Christian for a little while. Uh, You start to share the gospel because you want to say that, hey, I brought another person into faith. I introduced another person to the Lord. And it feels like sometimes... Jesus stops being preeminent in our witness and we start becoming preeminent in our witness. So the question is, is Jesus numero uno? Is he number one? Is he preeminent in our witness? Is Jesus preeminent in our lives? When we wake up every single day, do we acknowledge that Jesus Christ's sacrifice, his death, burial, and resurrection are the reason that we've got a future and a hope? Jeremiah tells us that God has a plans for us to give us a future and a hope. Plans not to harm us, but plans for our good. And it's because of Jesus, because of what Jesus has done. Is Jesus preeminent in our lives? Do we put him uh, preeminent in every single decision that we make? As we are going about our day, are we saying, Jesus, I'm putting you first in everything. Is he preeminent in our lives? Is Jesus preeminent in our politics? November's coming, y'all. Is Jesus preeminent in our politics? As we're watching the news, as we are consuming uh, what the media is saying, is Jesus preeminent in the way we're approaching politics, the way we're approaching 
and what's going on in the media. At the end of the day, in a divided world, in a divided world, and everybody knows, right now there's division everywhere, is Jesus preeminent in our differences? Is Jesus preeminent in our differences? Because everybody seems to be taking sides. Everybody seems to be identifying with a side. You know, everyone is identifying as either Democrat or Republican. You got people who are saying, my, my, my Democrat party is preeminent. That's how I identify myself. I am a, a Democrat or I am a Republican. I identify with the Republican party. That's who I am. Do we lead with that? Are these preeminent in our lives? Because people are choosing sides. Are we identifying with conservative? Are we identifying with a uh, liberal? Are we identifying with our race? Yeah, that, that, that one just struck home. That, that one hit home. Are we identifying as being black preeminent for me? Is being white preeminent? Is being Asian preeminent? Are we identifying with our skin color, with our race? Are we identifying with our cultural upbringing? Everyone is choosing sides. Let me ask you this. Is Jesus preeminent in how you identify yourself? It tells us in Acts chapter eleven twenty six, 26, the text tells us that in Antioch, they were first called Christians. It gives us a picture of the early Christian church as they were forming now, as the body of believers were coming together and, and clustering together as followers of Jesus Christ, as individuals who put Jesus Christ as preeminent over their lives. In fact, at first they used to just say, these are followers of the way. They were identified as people who followed the way. And then in Antioch, this group of diverse individuals were said to be called Christians. They are followers of Christ. Their new identity was in whose they were, not who they were. It was, it was about who they were connected to, not what they stood for. Their identity was in Christ. They were first called Christians. And in scripture, we see that when we become believers, when we identify with Christ, there is a new preeminent identity in our lives. Galatians 3, 26 through 28 says this, For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We've put on a new identity. How do we know? How do we know we've got a new identity on us? It says there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Jesus Christ. Christ becomes the predominant identity in our lives. Not our cultural upbringing. Not our political affiliation, not our racial identity, not our social status, not even our gender. We become sons and daughters of Christ. Our new identity is founded in the preeminence of Christ in our lives. So what happens when you decide not to identify with Christ and you decide to identify with sociology and with uh, social constructs that uh, this world has kind of brought about. Division. 
It becomes us versus them. It becomes they and those and them. And at the end of the day, division comes to, to play. I can't associate with you because you identify that way and I identify this way. What else happens? Dishonor happens. Because you choose to identify with that, because you choose to lead with that, I can now dishonor you. Because if I feel that my part is superior, if my identity is superior, then I can now look down upon you because of how you choose to identify with whatever is preeminent in your identity. Dishonor comes. And then even worse condemnation comes. Now I can say you're bad. Uh, your thought process is bad. Your decision making is bad. Uh, because you identify with this uh, political affiliation, because you identify with this race, or because you identify with whatever, now I can condemn you. I can say you are less than. I can literally discredit, dishonor, condemn, and be divided from you. That's what happens when we use sociology as our preeminent identification fact. When sociological constructs become our preeminent identification factors. But what happens? What happens when you identify with Christ? What happens when you put Christ as preeminent in your identity? What happens when your preeminent identity is in Jesus Christ? Grace grace. You begin to extend grace for everybody because you understand that you understand at the end of the day, what unites us is much deeper than divides us. You understand grace. You understand that uh, all of us come from different backgrounds, but at the end of the day, all of us are united in Jesus Christ. What else happens? Patience. We begin to have patience with each other because nobody wants to fight somebody who they love, somebody who they're connected to, somebody who they identify with. If I identify with you, I'm going to look for ways to be patient and, and come to level ground and sit at the table with you and, and be able to dialogue. I begin to have patience on you because your social construct or your social identity is not what's preeminent. It's what unites us that's preeminent. We begin to show more patience towards each other and ultimately love. We begin to love each other because we see beyond what's in front of us. We see beyond uh, the political affiliations. We see beyond the color, the race, the cultural upbringing. We see Jesus Christ in everyone. When Christ is preeminent in our lives, when Christ is preeminent in our lives as believers, we no longer look at each other by how culture, media, politics wants us to identify each other with. We identify with each other with the Jesus Christ who paid it all so that you and my sins, your and my sins can be forgiven. We find that we are all sinners saved by grace, that no one is better than the other. We are all on on a level playing field at the foot of the cross. When we identify with Christ as our preeminent identity, sons and daughters of the living God, when we put Christ as preeminent in our lives, we honor our differences, but we celebrate our unity.
We honor our differences, but we celebrate our unity. I understand that you may be a Republican and I may be independent and uh, you may be Democrat and I may be conservative and you may be liberal. It doesn't matter. We honor those differences, but at the, ultimately we celebrate our unity. And why? Because our unity is in Jesus Christ. Our unity is not in sociological constructs. It's in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. When Christ is preeminent in our life, our unity is not found in sociological consciousness. We don't silo ourselves. We come together as one in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Because it tells us in Galatians, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. So that Christ, so that he may be preeminent in everything. That's the word that I got for you. I pray that God spoke to you through this. Who do you say Jesus Christ is in your life? Is he Alpha? Is he preeminent in everything in your life? I'll check you guys later. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.